It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, June 8th, 2023. I'm Andrew Hames, and this is Raven News. The Yakutat Klingit tribe and the Ocean Conservancy took advantage of some good weather in May to hold a youth marine debris cleanup at Cannon Beach. As reported by Claire Strimple in the Alaska Beacon, the outing was not just fun, but part of a larger project funded by a grant from the National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration. The goal was to clean beaches and to educate Yakutat youth on how their town connects to an international waste management issue. About 40 kids participated, combining the Yakutat shoreline and picking up trash that had collected among the beach greens and salmonberry bushes. Lydia Henry, a Yakutat Community Health Center employee, told the Beacon that everybody's having fun, the spring berries are about to blossom, and kids are trying to clean up. Henry was joined by Sarah Israelson, a local teacher who took note of all the beach finds, a shoe, a chainsaw chain, that fishing net, cigarette butts, glass, and a toy race car. One group gathered 52 beer cans. Since 2006, NOAA projects have removed more than 900 metric tons of debris from the state's shorelines. The Yakutat project aims to remove more than 100,000 tons of marine debris from 50 miles of shoreline. The kids' cleanup will be bookended by two major adult cleanup efforts, one that took place last year, and a final cleanup that will run for a week at the end of June. Sitka-based Christina Tierman is the first marine debris manager for the Ocean Conservancy. She told the Beacon that cleaning Alaska's enormous shoreline is a challenging problem, but it's important to connect with people and share ideas and strategies. She said that small communities here are taking on the world's garbage, and it shouldn't be theirs to deal with. The debris the project collects is all stored in Yakutat, where it's categorized and weighed. Tierman said the goal is to recycle most of it, but she is working on a plan to barge much of it out. Yakutat, like many remote towns in Alaska, doesn't have excess landfill space. Tierman hopes the data from the project, including the data the kids logged, will help activists spur policy change in the state. She pointed to coastal states like Hawaii and California that protect their coastlines with single-use plastic bans and how data showing the prevalence of cigarette butts spurs some beaches to ban them. Pouring rain didn't stop a special ceremony honoring a one-of-a-kind canoe last week. Tribal members and Ketchikan residents gathered to awaken and launch a canoe designed by a late master carver and artist who called Ketchikan one of his homes. As KRBD's Reagan Miller reports, it was a joyous occasion full of tradition. When I say Haigua, you say Ong. Haigua! Dozens of people shout in the Haida language as they heave together, carrying the canoe to the water. The canoe has a fiberglass hole with wood underneath and is painted red, white, and black. A design of running salmon swirls around the canoe. When someone gets tired, another steps in. It's a show of teamwork and of strength. So of all the people that are going to be holding the canoe, if anything feels unsafe or unsturdy, make sure you yell it out so everybody knows so we can fix it. Earlier in the afternoon, a big crowd of tribal members and Ketchikan residents had gathered for an awakening ceremony. The canoe was designed by the late Marvin Oliver. Oliver owned Alaska Eagle Arts in downtown Ketchikan, but also had art installations around the world. He was a professor and a curator and had won an award for his work in diversity. Canoes run in the family. Oliver's father created the Paddle to Seattle. Several speakers shared their thoughts during the awakening part of the ceremony before the launching. 
They include Ketchikan Indian community staff and tribal members, and Oliver's family. His wife, Bridget Ellis, stands in front of her husband's creation alongside her family. She talks about respecting the canoe's place in indigenous culture. First thing I want to share with you is you never say the B word, okay? It's spelled B-O-A-T, but we don't say the B word. In traditional canoe culture, the canoe is always a canoe and never the B word. It is said if a paddler speaks of the vessel as a B word, that paddler will be thrown into the water. You learn really fast to call it a canoe at all times. She says that Oliver felt connected to canoes because of his father's role in the paddle to Seattle and his Salish heritage. The canoe revitalization will empower the youth. That's what he and I had in mind to carry these important traditions forward. It's the canoe that fosters a healthy sense of identity among young indigenous people. Those youth that struggle emotionally come together and say canoe culture is a life-changing event. Oliver died in 2019, but the year before, the tribe's council bought the canoe. Tribe leaders say that the canoe and canoe journeys will advance the tribe's strategic plan, which focuses on uniting the community and spreading culture. Norman Scan is the Ketchikan Indian community president. We already have our dance, we have our arts, we have our subsistence food, and this is just another component of the wholeness that we are slowly becoming. The canoe also receives its name. Brothers Richard and Willie Jackson named the canoe Hootskayek, or Brown Bear Spirit. Willie Jackson explains their choice. He is your protector on this canoe. <clears throat> you guys ready? Hootskayek! A little louder. Hootskayek! A little louder. Hootskayek! Before the canoe is carried into the water, there is drumming, singing, and an acknowledgement of the indigenous people who have lived on the land since time immemorial. Adults lift up children and help them drape cedar boughs on the canoe. After the canoe is floating, the mood is joyous. They are dancing and singing. Some wear cedar hats and drum, and others dance in their soggy jeans and sneakers. In a catch a can, I'm Reagan Miller. People in Juneau who run Airbnbs or other short-term rentals are required to pay sales tax and hotel bed tax to the city. But as the number of rentals continues to go up, the city needs a way to keep track of who's paying and who isn't. As KTOO's Katie Anastas reports, owners may soon have to register their short-term rentals with the city. The registration program would assign a unique number to each short-term rental. Owners would have to include that number in their online listings. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr says it would help the city collect sales tax and have a clearer picture of the market. And since most of those advertisements happen over online short-term rental platforms like Airbnb and VRBO, that enables us to have a more comprehensive understanding of short-term rental activity in Juneau. The Assembly will vote on whether to create a registration program next week. They've already started discussing other ways they could curb the increase in short-term rentals, 
which can leave long-term renters with fewer, more expensive housing options. Other communities provide some examples. Sitka requires short-term rental owners to live on the property for half of the year. Wasilla issues just 75 short-term rental permits per year, and one property owner can have up to three permits. At a meeting on Monday, Juno Assembly member Alicia Hughes-Gandys expressed interest in some of those measures. I'd be interested to see what something like limiting it to your primary residence uh, limitations on the number that an individual could operate if even if we didn't have a borough-wide cap. Member Wade Bryson urged the Assembly to be cautious. I agree that we are going down a correct path. We need to register short-term rentals. We need to make sure that they're not uh, literally displacing our residents. But I would like to remind everybody that we are about to begin on a process of telling what people what they can do with their property. And that is a big deal. Barr says the registration program likely won't yield useful data until it's been running for a year or more. But he told the assembly it's a good first step and understanding the growing short-term rental market in Juneau. As more people get into that particular market and business, uh, regulation becomes more painful for more people the longer you wait to do it. If approved, the registration program would begin in July. In Juneau, and Katie Anastas. Gnome residents and brothers Oliver and Wilson Hogendorn competing as the AK Boys on USA Network's Race to Survive Alaska television series took home the championship on Monday, June 5th during a watch party and in front of a packed hometown audience. KNOM's Ava White has the story. After showcasing their win, which includes a $500,000 cash prize in front of the standing room only crowd, they said this was the most challenging. The most challenging aspect of the show was probably starving for like 50 days, 100%. The Race to Survive Alaska aired starting in March of this year and showcased eight teams embarking on a competition to survive the Alaskan wilderness. The brothers competed over the summer across the 50-day survival course, becoming the first winners of the show. The eight teams of two competed in six races over 100 miles of Alaskan wilderness, including the Aleutian Islands. The brothers faced treacherous terrain and weather, but persevered and brought the win home to Nome. They said that they needed each other more than anything during the competition. Absolutely necessary. Without, I think with any other partner, it wouldn't have gone as well. So I'm glad we had each other. If I didn't have a brother as a partner, probably wouldn't have won it. The teams were only allowed to use what they could carry on their back and use their wildland skills to make it through each race. With their winnings, the pair says that they plan to give back to the Nome community and thanked numerous family members, friends, and supporters after the airing of the episode. Reporting in Nome, I'm Ava White. I'm Andrew Hames, and this has been Raven News.